No, I'll, I'll call my kids and say, don't tell my wife. She still thinks our, our cat isn't called Rico Miaoni, but she doesn't know. Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Elite Rugby Banter. This is a podcast that exists and you are listening to it now. Um, and that's all I've got. This is Alex. I'm standing in for Adam. He's not with us this weekend and neither is Matt. So it's a bit of a shock turnaround, but we've got a new cast. I'm joined by Ben. Hello, Ben. Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? I'm okay. I'm just actually watching the watching the under-20s at the same time, so I might yeah. burst out at any point. Yeah, they, they just lost a, a line-out, an attacking line-out, and I'm in a worse mood than I was a few seconds ago. Um, I'm also oh, joined uh, by... My, my, stream, my stream's a bit behind, so we oh. might get some interesting reaction. Maybe it's a bit ahead. Okay. Uh, but I'm also joined by Ant. Hello, Ant. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Good. Uh, yeah, and yourself? Well, good, obviously. Uh, worse than I was earlier, as as just mentioned, but <laughs> yes. it's still fine. That's the good news. I'm still okay. Um, good. All right. There's just the three of us, but I, I don't see any reason why we can't um, produce the same goods as usual. Let's start off with a bit of rugby news. Yesterday, we saw the top 14 come to conclusion. It was quite an exciting season. Uh, Montpellier went up against uh, Castres. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but I think, from what I understand, Montpellier were the favourites going into that, that game. They are laden with Springboks, and it was part of the running joke yesterday on Twitter that they had more Springbok caps than the Springbok team did that was playing up against uh, Wales. We'll get into that a little bit later. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you guys managed to watch that, that game. It was kind of just before the Springbok game. Do you guys manage to have a look? No, sorry, I'm I'm two hours ahead here, so most of that stuff's way past my bedtime. Oh, uh, yeah. Ant, you managed to check it out? I didn't, unfortunately. I had to okay. duck out of a party just to get to the book game, unfortunately. But okay. I, yeah, well, I read the review of the game, and apparently yeah. Pinot kind of was the one bad game he's ever had outside of South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, yeah. So but, even a god king can bleed, apparently. I managed to get the first half, um, and then I kind of... I'll be honest, uh, I'm not proud of it, but I checked out at halftime for the sole reason that Montpellier were doing badly. And the only reason I actually wanted to watch was to see how guys like Bismarck and Frontstein and... Yeah, I like to and, check their form. Basically. Yeah, and actually Nemanja Nandolo, who is, remains one of my all-time favorite rugby players. Um, but yeah, they were just disappointing, so I, I kind of lost interest. I didn't have any real skin in the fight. But yeah, Castro's were able to um, win quite convincingly, 29 points to 13. Um, so yeah, your typical final scoreline, I guess. Nothing too massive. Um, but apparently Rory Cockett played very well and kind of out-generaled um, Ruan Pinar. So that's interesting. Maybe we will start hearing a bit of a call for him to be brought back into the Springbok fold, but I hope not. Um, <laughs> he's nationalized by France. You can't like. Oh back fuck yeah! Trip. Sorry, what do I mean? Back into the Springbok fold? Yeah, no, we don't. They can keep him. I don't want. I don't yeah, want. Yeah. I don't want him back. Uh, he must fuck off. I don't want him. Can, yeah. can I just make a point about the the top fourteen? You can. Uh, just you go for it. I'm I'm busy quietly celebrating yeah. something good. 
Okay, so so the top four teams a massive tournament because both uh, there's a home and away fixture on both sides, huh? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so there's twenty twenty six games or whatever to determine the log. Then why yeah. why do they still need a final? Well, like, surely by surely by then the best team is on top of the league. Like yeah. just let the like I don't know I feel I even feel the final like I understand why Super Rugby has a final because of the conference system and stuff. Yeah. But I don't understand why a tournament like top fourteen even needs the final. Yeah, I, I think I remember you saying that. It sounds like someone's phone's going off. <laughs> and is that you? And you're getting a haircut. Yeah, there. sorry. No, <laughs> your teeth or something. Um, no, it, it is a call, but just trying to okay. shut it up. I'm sure it's not important. No, no one important phones at 6.20 on a Sunday. Actually saying that, I'm expecting a phone call from my parents, who are obviously very important. Um, well, yeah. I think that's exactly who's calling me as well, so... <laughs> yeah. The uh, importance is up for the best. I'm sure my mom's listening. Mom, you're very important. Sorry, I didn't mean that. Um, but, yeah, anyway, Ben, I actually remember you banking that same point before the conference system was implemented a few years ago about Super Rugby, that we really don't need a final after playing you know, that many fixtures. And that wasn't even as comprehensive as the top 14 because we didn't play home and away. We just played, you know, one fixture against each, against each team. Um, look, I, I like the the drama of a final. I think it adds a certain je ne sais quoi to the tournament. Ooh, um, <laughs> very good. Thank you, you like that. Um, oh, I, I see why you are happy earlier. Oh, yeah, it's, it's little, good, huh? Little hat. Little Hattie for your boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. He's got a big future. Sorry, if, if you're listening, uh, Wandile Simulani just scored a hat-trick against Ireland, and he's played extremely well all game, I think. I think he needs to move unions. He's not going to get any game time at the Lions. No, yeah, it's a fair, fair, fair shot, yeah. actually. I don't know who uh, should take him, they, but... Yeah. Anyway. They stacked at centre. Maybe, maybe you should go play for like the Cheetahs mm. or something. Look at no. driving in northern... Conditions. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think I think Ansar. I think the province could use him the best, but I don't think that they would. So I don't I, like. I, I think, don't like advocating. No, no offense, Alex, but I, I think province kill young. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I was about to make that same point. I don't. I don't advocate for players to move to province. Um, yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah, they're the team that needs the position to be yeah. filled. They don't have the coaching talent to bring the best out of the player, or exactly. the financial clout to bring it there anyway. So. Yeah. Exactly. Saying that, if Fleck can coach one position, presumably it should be centre. Yeah, but that would have would have been applied to Alistair as well, and we all saw how well that worked out last year. Yeah, but also, was he a scrum off? But also, um, he was a scrum off. And Dust kicked nine. Oh, no, but also, Fleck can't coach one position, so it's a moot point. <laughs> but anyway, so well yeah. done to Castro. Um, bad luck to Montpellier. Doesn't bode well for those players from the squad who are joining the Springboks. But moving on. We've got a little bit of hot goss, a little bit of hot gossip coming out of um, Australasia. I'll start off with the piece that has been all over the um, the Twitter sphere this morning from when we woke up. Geordie Barrett, um, after the fixture um, against the Highlanders, which we'll talk about shortly, apparently he had a bit of a party with his mates. So they, they had an after-game event with the team. He then moved on to a more private function, which was just... I think him and his mates getting pissed, to be to be honest. But he ended up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 5 a.m. in Dunedin, in a stranger's house, um, people he had, he'd never met before. They were, they were sleeping. He walked into their house and sat down in their lounge, apparently with a, a bag of uh, McDonald's, and just started chowing McDonald's in the middle of some stranger's flat. And they called the police on him. 
Um, he was he was with a mate of his who lives who lives in Dunedin, and their explanation to the police was that they thought it was someone else's house, like they thought it was a mate's place. So, <laughs> so at five o'clock in the morning, they went off and got McDonald's as one does, and wandered into what they thought was a friend's house. Turned out to be someone else's house, and got arrested for trespassing. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's bizarre. Um, apparently, he's maintained not innocence, but. Uh, innocent motives he says you know they literally just thought it was a case of mistaken identity or whatever but yeah he's <laughs> yeah, walking out with the tv or something i mean yeah worse. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um that he hadn't quite crossed the, the quaid cooper threshold but yeah um, if he if he keeps us up he might get a reds call up eh? yeah he's heading that <laughs> way yeah all he needs now is like a tattoo on the face but, um, um, I, I think it's a great advert for Dunedin that no one locks their doors and professional rugby players just walk in and yeah. chow McDonald's. That's what I thought. I was like, like geez, what, what will do you do? I want to move It sounds so safe. Yeah, it's amazing. It, it, it's my biggest worry was that a rugby, a rugby player would come and eat McDonald's on my couch in the middle of the night. You know, I, that's a pretty good advert. I would be yeah. that. Yeah, like imagine like being the real estate agent there and like, oh, you got any security issues? Yeah, there's been a bit of an issue lately with uh, rugby players sort of wandering in, and uh, like you can call the cops on them, but you know they're really going to do whatever they want. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's bad turn, like they're not going to. Yeah. I reckon it's it's good. Like I actually I was I actually I wrote an article on this once, you know, in a different life. When I was saying when I was saying the Springboks are actually just quite boring, basically. Like, yeah, it, whenever yeah. you see them on tour, all they do is, like, basically go to gym and then maybe play golf if, you know, they're feeling exciting. Yeah. So, I, I would like if our, if our guys got it, you know, I wouldn't say as far as having sex and disabled toilets, mm. but I wouldn't mind accidentally breaking into someone's house and eating McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. I can live with that, yeah. Who, who's, who, okay, who's, who's the most likely in the Springbok squad to be arrested for breaking and eating McDonald's? In your carny. Okay. <laughs> that was quick. Okay, and had that one in the chamber. <laughs> ben, what do you think? No, 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 but, no, but it's got to be someone who's just a bit like, like I could see Skulk doing something like that just because he's a bit of like a law score. Yeah. I, I can imagine Skulk as well, yeah. I think Skulk's definitely done that. He just hasn't been arrested for it because he, he was so nice and friendly to them when they woke up with like their maglite coming to try and beat the shit I'll, out of them. I would say, I would say Creel has the personality. But I very much doubt he eats McDonald's. Uh, you break you, it you up uh, with a Kawhi smoothie, like <laughs> doing push-ups. <laughs> some, 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 some wheatgrass. You broke it and used your yeah. home gym or some shit. Yeah, exactly. Like you'd wake up in the middle of the night hearing like like rattle or something coming from the corridor, and you'd you'd run out of there with your I don't know desk lamp to try and defend Golf. yourself, and and Creel's there admiring himself in the mirror, shirtless, eating a quinoa salad. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. All right. Uh, let's move on. Speaking of uh, unruly behavior, there's a little bit more hot goss coming out of down south, and I don't know the full details of this one. I've just been reading about it, but apparently Rico um, was involved in an altercation after the so just game. just for not your cat. Rico. It wasn't. No, no. My cat Ben. My cat is impeccably behaved. Okay. We took we took Rico for a play date yesterday. And I mean, he was a—he's an angel. Okay, this is Rico Ioni, the the uh, rising star of Auckland and New Zealand rugby, who, for whatever reason, um, 
got into an altercation with a Blues teammate after the defeat against the Rebels yesterday. And he's apparently being treated for a cut above his eye, so it doesn't sound too serious. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, the, the article, okay, just to be clear, the article I read describes it as antics. So there were antics with the Blues teammate. So it might be friendly. It might have been a bit of rough and tumble or something. Maybe um, they're breaking into someone's house to eat McDonald's at 5 in the morning. Yeah, maybe. Auckland's a rougher place than Dunedin. I don't rec- I reckon it'll be harder to break into someone's house. Yeah, and if yeah, you, I, and if you do, they're not going to call the police to escort you. They'll fucking do it themselves. I reckon. Yeah, hey, actually, I, 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 don't, I know nothing about the different cities in New Zealand. For all I know, Auckland's a wonderful place. So I was about to say, um, antics is kind of one step, one step down from hijinks. Um, and then I, I continued in the article. Which, which, is, which is one step down from shenanigans. Yeah, no, shenanigans. Once you get to shenanigans, then you're looking at, like, I don't know, Mike, uh, what's his name? Nick Fibbs in a car suit level. That's a shenanigan. Um, that is fascinating. Yeah. But, uh, but, okay, but now that I say that, they do actually describe this in the article as hijinks. They say some hijinks between Ioni and another player at a small gathering resulted in the Blues winger receiving a knock above his eye. Um, Rico was quoted as saying we were just poking fun at each other it's not serious and I've apologised to my teammate and the club I think his yeah, voice is probably so that, his that, pro- voice is pretty deeper than that but whatever that makes that makes it sound a bit serious though yeah if you apologise to the guy then it doesn't sound like it was just a McDonald's chip it's, that went especially if, he, if he's the one who got cut but he's apologising Okay, so we did this with the last we did this with the last bit of hot grass. So let's let's do it again. Who in the Blues squad is most likely to have to have cut in the in the in their let's say in the, in the match twenty three? Who's going to cut Rico if he goes wrong? Who do you think? Ledger looks a bit dodgy. I think Ledger. I think Ledger's Ledger. a pacifist. I don't think he's. I don't think he's a violent he's, guy. He's either uh, a. Hit- He's like a mad woodsman. Yeah. No, I could I could imagine Ledger wearing you know those like baggy hippie pants. Yes. And like no shoes and shit. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. like he's sitting in the corner while everyone's getting pissed, playing like cover songs on an acoustic <laughs> guitar. Playing hacky sack by himself. <laughs> by himself, <a> mad lad. <laughs> um, um. Okay. Not may, may, maybe because Manu, Manu, uh, the guy. Who, Manu. Mm. But he seems just too fucking useless at anything to do anything. You know, you know who I think it is. I think it's I think it's Duffy. Duffy's Duffy. yeah, he's got a bit of pent up anger, and I reckon like he's he's like the runt of the back three. So I reckon yeah. like Collins and Rico kind of give him a bit of shit, and like you know tell him he's not like he's not really a, an outside back. He should probably be playing like centre. Yeah. And I think he just snapped yeah. and he cut him. Um, he cut him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He cut him. A send, send a message to the others. <laughs> okay. Uh, the last... the culture is not good there. <laughs> yeah. The last bit of news uh, just before we get onto the reviews is the sevens in London is ongoing. Um, we're going to try and hurry this up so we can catch the final. The Blitzbocker are playing Fiji at seven o'clock p.m. on Sunday night. So if you somehow get this before we even finish recording it, don't miss that. Um, but the only other real, real piece of news coming out of the Sevens has been the success of Ireland, who uh, kind of blew everyone away, I think, over the last couple of days. And as I think it was, it was you, Ben, who said, um, really, they, they ought to be a bigger hit 
on the seventh circuit because they've got all the resources and they really should play to their strengths. Yeah, um, I guess maybe it's, maybe it's one of those things because you know they have like a Gaelic football and then hurling's quite big there, which is like mm. lacrosse. Yes. So maybe maybe they just don't have you know don't have. But in South Africa, like sevens is only really a, a professional sport, if you know what I mean. No yeah. one really like there's no school season for sevens or whatever. Yeah. Well, like, like when I left school, there wasn't. Maybe since then, there's it's been. There's an eight, like a couple I'm, of in season tournaments in sevens at school level, but that's about it. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. No, no, it's weird because also the, the way the Irish play rugby, it suits sevens. To be honest, like you know, like they they pass well, they they run hard, uh, mm. lots of flair. Okay. Within 20 seconds against England in the third fourth playoff, so they mm. flair. <laughs> yeah. But I think because I think they just. This, some countries just don't take seven seriously. I think Ireland took the Olympics and stuff are like, oh, maybe they actually like set up a program. So, yeah. But I mean, I think they played Hong Kong this year and now they've played this. But I just think they don't really have um, the structure in place. Yeah. So I think, you know, they're quite new to it. And, but yeah, they've got all the players. And so what it sounded like this interview to the coach is that a lot of the junior academies are lending players to play for the sevens. They're kind of a similar structure to, to us. Like, mm. the guys come out of that they yeah. play sevens for a couple of weeks and move on. So, like, I've seen a couple of these guys playing for Ireland under 20 last year and stuff. Um, yeah. So, it seems that they're kind of putting a similar system in place. So, they probably will become a force to be working with within a year or two. Okay. Well, that works, I think. Okay. Good. That's enough about the news. Let's move on before Adam chimes in and says, oh, which game are you guys on? Um, and time shames us. Let's head on to the games of the weekend. First one up on Friday morning was Highlanders hosting the Canes. Um, as you as you know, this led to a, a McDonald's and housebreaking spree from the Hurricanes. But for the Highlanders, it was quite a happy occasion because they were able to run out 30-14 winners. Um, and I don't think that was quite an expected result. Uh, so what did you guys make of it? Anyone? Anyone? Sorry, Ant. Go. Bueller, Bueller. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can. Sorry, um, I Much of the details of the game, but it kind of just looked like they were kind of shadow boxing, shadow boxing, and then all of a sudden the Highlanders just turned it on. Um, and, you know, they kind of got that, that lead out there. But I think, yeah, the biggest thing to take from the game is that it's really the, the Hurricanes and the Crusaders were kind of neck and neck pushing for that top spot. But I think this has put a massive, massive dent in the Hurricanes' chances. Mm. Um, do you, so think it, do, think, you, do you think it's something they need to worry about? Like, that's a potential grand final, and they really didn't look very competitive. Yeah. It's, I, I, the last two games, actually, they've looked a bit flat, and so I wonder if it's a mid-season kind of slump or whether they've just, you know, like, yeah. lost the plot a little bit, in the sense that they've just lost a bit of motivation. Yeah. What was your takeaway, Ben? Yeah, to be honest, I couldn't really put my finger on exactly what was going wrong for the Hurricanes. It just felt like they were kind of doing everything at kind of jogging pace. They didn't really seem... They yeah. didn't seem up for it. Like, the Highlanders were all over it. Yeah. And yeah, they just really kind of nothing... Like, obviously a few, like, the a few things didn't go their way. Hmm. But just generally, they were kind of just a bit passive. Yeah. So, yeah. I- I don't want to not, read. I don't not, want to read too much into it, but I mean, maybe it's a case of their minds being on the All Black camp for those of them who made it, and you know they kind of have a foot in the test window. Really, this game is maybe a bit of an annoyance in a way. It shouldn't be the case. I mean, you're a professional and you have a game to win, and you've got a table to climb. But 
or to stay on top of whatever the case may be. But uh, I do want to bring up one guy who I feel definitely was affected by the All Black selection, and that's Ben Lamb, who of course was left out of selection, and he just looked disinterested. He looked like he was already, you know, weighing up his his French contracts or something stupid. He just had no interest in proving Hansen wrong whatsoever, which is very disappointing. Yeah. It's it's what I, I actually wrote it a few times where where like not not being selected can kind of it's kind of like an all or nothing thing for a player. Yeah. Because either they're just being like, okay, you know what, fuck, I'm gonna prove you wrong, or a player just being like, oh fuck, obviously not good enough, whatever, yeah. kind of coast along here. Yeah, that's a shame. Uh, my man of the match, I think probably Jackson Hemopo, who I think played really really well. Um, he's probably. No, he, he's, He's gone from strength to strength, huh? Yeah, he's really good. I think if if you're a fantasy manager and you got him in your team, you're probably feeling pretty good right now. Um, Do you know what? He's not he because the All Blacks don't actually have great lock. Obviously, they have Brody, and yeah. then they have Sam Whitelock, who I, I particularly rate, but I think he does a lot of sort of passive, uh, not passive stuff like uh, just general uh, intangible, intangible yeah. stuff. Like, stuff yeah. yeah, but but apart from that, they're not exactly. Yeah. Like, 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 you know, just fine. But, you know, someone like Scott Barrett and like, yeah, he's and good. And they're not, they're yeah, Scott, Scott Barrett's not bad, but he's not, like, I, I would say if there's, if there's a, it's weird because I, I honestly think Brody's the best player in the world. Agreed. But it, if, there, if there's a position New Zealand in general is weak at, it's actually lock. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty true. Because they uh, Okay. Um, for the rest of their riches. <laughs> yeah. Okay, can I just uh, propose something? Uh, go for what it. do you think if Super Rugby didn't stop for the international break and teams were just forced to kind of lean on their depth a bit? Um, I mean, that's what they do with the English Premiership and stuff in the Six Nations. Yeah, like, do, do you think it would... Because obviously it would help because it would sort of encourage teams to, even when it's not the break, they would sort of rotate their squads more so it's not like when the international break comes you suddenly have to debut six people hmm. but, I, don't, I don't think it's, yeah, compa- so I don't think it's compatible good. with our format I'll tell you why um, first thing is that we've only got four or five teams from each country so our test players are much more concentrated than you'll find in England or France for example so you really will be looking at bare bones squads whereas the premiership when they take a break each club's going to maybe lose a handful of guys um and i mean if you look at the canes i had the team up just now but i can't remember you know it's like half the team are gone so that's the first yeah. problem and, and the, the sec- Sharks have 13 guys i can imagine the crusaders have upwards more than 10 players i mean yeah. you take that an injury that's exactly your whole well, and then but it's also about the shot it's Sharks also would just, lose about 14 or something yeah but in, in contrast yeah, the lions the lions would only be losing like four or five at the moment so that yeah, so that's that's the problem. That the risk is yeah. The risk well, is I, I, I guess, I guess it's, it's not really fair and kind yeah. of it kind of penalizes teams for playing well. Yeah, and the other problem yeah, is I that mean, the look, the other problem I is that the Premiership they they do what we were just talking about the top fourteen doing, which is home and away. So you have a much more balanced outcome on the log at the end of the season, whereas because we have a very like asymmetrical um, playing or fixture sheet. Whichever teams have good or bad fixtures in that test window are going to be prejudiced, or they'll, you know, get a bonus. So I just think it's going to distort the results much more than will happen in, in other leagues. No, no, no. F- fair enough. It was just something because that's yeah. that's what happens with the. No, actually, Curry Cup now the international guys. Play. 
Yeah. But yeah. alright, let's let's move on. Um, the next game of the weekend was first thing in the morning um, on Saturday, which saw the Blues hosting the Rebels, um, and there was a bit of an upset victory there for the men from Melbourne that I'm sure Adam would be very pleased about. In fact, I can tell you what Adam's thoughts were because he sent me a message. He said, the Rebels deserve to win. They're playing better after listening to us, and they're starting Hodge at 10. The Blues equal shit show. So there you have it. Blues are a shit show, and the Rebels are listeners to pod. Um, what do you guys think? Did you guys manage to watch? Yeah, I watched it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. The, the Blues look fucking nowhere. Like, mm. um, But saying that, I do think if Rico Ioni, not your cat, was playing, mm-hmm. they would have won. Yeah. Just because they, they just lacked any sort of kind of direction and also just shit just wasn't going their way. Yeah. Like it was very, it was almost cringy. It was like painful to watch. It's cheap as I, would, I wouldn't like to be a Blues fan. And yeah. I was a Lions fan in 2012. <laughs> so like I, I dealt with horrible rugby. Um, yeah. I still am a Lions fan. Um, but um, yeah. yeah, it was. But you know, good, good on the Rebels. They, they turned up. I don't, I don't think they actually played an amazing game or whatever they were probably pretty much at mm-hmm. standard but the blue and I'm I think Tarnal Manga has to go mm-hmm. like even like I don't, I don't know if he is the problem but they have to they have to make some sort of even if it's kind of like a symbolic gesture or whatever I think they have to kind of yeah move, move things along kind of be seen to I know it's it's kind of what uh, world rugby does a lot. It's like, but I think in this case it's necessary. Like, just be seen to be being proactive. Yeah. yeah. What do you What do you think, Ed? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that just the culture of the Blues has been dodgy for a long time. Yeah. Like, it's very weird. I mean, they're kind of a, a Western province. They produce by far the most players in New Zealand. But, yeah. So they've got all the talent there, but they just can't seem to get it to click on the field. And, you know, I mean, John Kerwin, when he came in the last coach, meant to kind of straighten them out and sort it out. And, you know, they kind of unceremoniously dumped him. They brought Tana in. They were like, you know, we've now got this big, um, you know, ex-player. You know, I have a lot of respected players. He'll be able to get the culture right and sort it and it should straighten everything out. But, you know, nothing's really changed either. So, and yeah. I mean, I think so. Currently, Tana's got another year and then they're going to get Liam McDonald in. Uh, but, like, uh, I, I can't see yeah. how like just shake coaching setup every year or so is going to make a difference. Yeah, like, no, it's it's just cosmetic. I, I it's cosmetic it's, changes. They need to do more, but I don't yeah. know what I don't know what they can do. But uh, yeah, no, I thought I, I, I thought Akira was was pretty tepid. Um, he didn't seem very interested without Rico on the field. Um, and I thought Mafi played well, but I actually thought the man of the match for me was Dane Hallett Petty. I think that he him being back in the team just makes the whole backline look so much better. English could go back to center. Uh, Billy Meeks was really good, but I, I just feel like Dan Hedder Petty's the catalyst for a lot of the good stuff that happens in the in the Rebels backline. Um, so yeah, I definitely rate, rate him. Yeah, he's, I don't, that he, he's good. Like he's not amazing. Smith. He doesn't have much X factor, but he just kind of ticks away. He's a bit like Ben Smith. Like yeah, I think you're right. But he's like, like a, he's like a, a less talented Ben Smith. Exactly. He the same kind of calmness and yeah. like you know. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair that's a fair comparison. Unlike most of Adam's oh, comparisons. Sorry, that's I'm a good sorry. One. Yeah. How old is Ben Smith? How old is he? Isn't he like... <laughs> how good is Ben oh, Smith? How good is he? Oh, fuck yeah, he was bloody amazing. Yeah, I can't get over it. I mean, there's, look, there's no point in us bringing it, bringing it up. Like, we, we'll be stuck here for hours if we're going to talk about how good Ben Smith is. Um, we, we, we should we should do an individual... Uh, just another podcast just on Ben Smith. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll, we'll save that for the off-season. But, uh, okay. His um, gardening exploits and stuff. Yeah, I think he's quite good at golf as well. Anyway, all right. Chiefs of versus Crusaders. Of course he's Crusaders. good at golf, Alex. Of course he's good at golf. Um, Chiefs versus Crusaders down in... Shit, where were they? Hang on. Hamilton. Hamilton, okay. Um, so, yeah, they've played in Hamilton. Um, and, yeah, I think pretty much expected result. Crusaders took them down, 34 points to 20. Uh, Richie Moanga. Hang on, let me read out Adam's little bit before we move on. He says, Moanga is the bee's knees. Um, Jesus, Adam, how old are you? Fucking bee's knees. And D-Mac wilts under the Crusaders steamroller. Yeah, that is kind of, I think, a, a fair summary. That did kind of feel like the the message of the day. Um, you know, Moanga is looking more and more like a test-level fly-half by the week. And D-Mac does tend to kind of vanish a little bit under the high-pressure games when his pack isn't going forward. Um, so I wasn't surprised by the results. I can't remember what I said on Superbrew, but I feel like this was about, you know, it does what it says on the tin. Ant, what do you think? I was just more surprised how in the game the Chiefs were at one stage. I mean, I genuinely thought that they were going to cause an upset or they had the, the chance to. But then, you know, as standard Crusaders, they tighten up the game, they squeeze the life out of the other team, and they run out to a comfortable win in the end. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. As you say, you know, pretty much as expected. Yeah, it was 20 points to 13 at half time. Um, but then two tries to Crusaders in the second half and only one to the Chiefs. Yeah, that kind of nailed um, Brody got Brody got injured. Brody got taken off at halftime. Yes, eh? and it looks like he's injured. He didn't look good. I don't know how serious it is, but um... the commentator suggesting it was more precautionary than oh, serious. But yeah, okay. I mean, again, you never know. Like, yeah, I, I would guess with the All Black tour coming, any sort of niggle on Brody, he would have been pulled off because he was still sitting on the bench and stuff. He didn't go get treatment, so. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't so bad. Yeah, Richie, look, Richie Mwango is good, but for me, man of the match, and this was actually Charlie Nata. Um, he's, he's just sublime. Well, how good is Charlie Nata? How good is Charlie Nata? Like, he's just sublime. I can't believe it. Like, he. I told you, Ben, I, I told you, when you were, when we were complaining about. So, yeah, what's that, Ant? I just said I can't believe he was wasted at 15 the whole year. I mean, exactly. It's just so yes. obvious. So, this, this is what I was going to say. So, when he was playing 15 for reasons known only to the Chiefs to make room for fucking Johnny Faudi, whose name I never <laughs> want to hear again. Um, and Ben, you were saying that, you know, D-Max too good for the Chiefs, like they just can't play around him. And we said at the time, Charlie Naitai is the D- Damien McKenzie whisperer. You put him next to him and they just worked so much better together. There's like a synergy. And then on, and then when they produce their magic, you've got, you know, burgeoning Anton Leonard Brown on the outside, who's just, he's got a real nose for opportunity as well. He often pops up when you least expect him. Um, so, yeah, not the result they wanted in this particular case. Uh, personally, I blame Mitchell Karpik, who has to be one of the worst rugby players in New Zealand. Um, Do you know, just just any anyone anyone listening here out there, if we still have any listeners, <laughs> go to the go to the Chiefs website and look at the stock photo of Mitchell Karpik. It looks like I figured out what it looks like. You know, in I think it's Men in Black one or maybe two. <laughs> yeah. Where they have, Mike, like they have that, Michael Jackson. No, no, where that alien guy like sort of squeezes into the human skin. Oh, uh, it's the first one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. It looks like his own skin doesn't uh... fit him. In, in that photo, he looks pretty normal normally, but I don't know. They've just taken the worst photo of this poor guy. God. All right. Well, there you have it. Cockroach carpet. Um, he's, he's not solely to blame but it wasn't a great performance but 
what was a great performance um, was the Reds and the Waratahs match, which was at Suncorp Stadium. And I mean, that yeah, was uh, fucking amazing. It was, there were 93 points in total. It was 50, 52 to 41 for the Waratahs. What a fucking game. That was amazing. I never thought I'd be so happy to watch a, an Australian derby. It was, it was brilliant. Yeah, to be honest, Australian derby I've enjoyed the most. Yeah. No, absolutely. To be honest, I was a, I was about to um, I was about to turn off the TV. I was like, "Oh, Red Stars, let me go. I don't know. Yeah. Look at the wall or whatever instead." <laughs> but um, yeah, but then I was like, because they were tries early from the start, because the Reds basically was a fourteen point turnaround with that uh, intercept. Yes. And then from yeah. then on, it was bang, 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 bang. Yeah. It was great. That was it also was, it was great. Yeah. But the Reds scored forty-one points. Yeah. And who was kicking? Uh, what's his name? That uh, Hamish, Hamish, um, Hamish Mitchell. Yeah, Hamish Stewart. Stewart, sorry. Stewart. And he kicked two out of eight, I think. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. No, was... they, left, they left like 13 points on the field. Yeah. I mean, if John yeah, so, so, so had So the Reds could have won if, I, oh, yeah. I guess 100% equals a lot to ask for. Do you know, if they, yeah. if someone... But I mean, if, and and you say the Reds, the Reds would have just picked the kicker. Yeah, but and you say the Reds would have won if John Alonso had been on the field. But if he had been on the I, field, I didn't say they would have. I said that they might have. Yeah, they might have. But, might but, have. but but I mean, if if John Alonso on the field, do you really see them scoring seven seven tries in the first place? Well, he was at fullback, not at ten, so he was named at fullback, so it might have been a different no, story. No, but like, yeah, but yeah, um, you're right. It does. You've got to balance those things out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. They, they they weren't in all fairness. He what he I think he had like one or two from kind of straight in front. But then his other kicks were really hard. Yeah, who, who came in, who came in for him? He played fullback. I'm trying to think. Um, Didn't Toa uh, play? No, Toa came onto the bench. Um, ah, anyway, it's not important. But anyway, but the great, fun stuff though was, was that game, of the starting lineup. They, not a single one of them had ever kicked a goal in Super Rugby. Yes. So I mean, you couldn't have expected too much. Yeah, that's exactly right. Not like they had zero out of zero attempts. I mean, that's absurd. I like, I mean, obviously, I don't know. That's just that is that just reeks of bad planning from Brad Thorne, if you ask me. But anyway. Yeah. Um, because what 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 was the plan though? Once if Lance went in, if got know. injured, well, obviously uh, he did. Yeah. Kicking balls a couple of seasons. This, he was also on the bench. Yeah. Or this, but this was the plan then. Oh. Uh, well, yeah, that. Well, but anyway, on, on the other side, um, credit to the Waratahs—they're clicking at last. Um, Izzy Folau, famed gay basher, um, almost got a hat trick. And Jesus, yeah, I was happy with his only two tries because he passed off to Cam Clark. Uh, Cam Clark is in my fantasy side, but he, he had a—he didn't need to pop that either. Like, no, he didn't. But like, but I mean, did he need to do anything? Like he—he he was so casual. Like he. I don't know. Like he, he he could have scored five tries if he wanted to. Let's be honest. Like the way he was playing, you know, he was just yeah, break, breaking the line at will. High ball. He should hot. And I I think Ireland must be sweating watching videos yeah. like that. Talking about Ireland, they've just kicked a final minute or final second conversion to beat England in the semis in the Ooh. third fourth playoff in the seventh. That's fantastic. That's lovely stuff. It's amazing. From the I, love watching, I, love, I love it when England lose oh, and at Twickenham. What a pleasure. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's get on to the last game, guys. Um, Brumbies versus Sunwolves from this morning. Uh, they It was their f- fifth victory of the Super Rugby season, according to the website I'm currently looking at. Uh, they beat the Sunwolves 41-31 at GIO. 
which is actually a bit closer than I think a lot of people would have given them credit for. Yeah, given it's a Sun Wolf B team. Yeah. It, it wasn't, but it wasn't actually that close. Like, no, I agree. You know, I agree. you're watching a game and you're like, this feels close, and when you're watching a game, you're yeah. like, oh, it's a matter of time before. Yeah, that that, that scoreline definitely flatters the, the Sun Wolves who... At halftime, yeah. At halftime, it was nineteen ten. So the second half was was pretty even. It was twenty two well, points yeah, to well, the Brumbies the... and twenty one points to the Sunwolves. Yeah, but the Sun the Sunwolves scored. Um, they scored like in, uh, whatever it was. I think basically the last minute of the game. Uh, okay, I was, so, yeah, so I, they were actually. I was halfway up whatever, the mountain eight, at that point. Eighteen behind. So. Is that all you do, Alex? You just climb the mountain all day long. That's like all there is to do, Ben. Unless you're like Anthony, you, go, you know how to surf. I don't know how to surf. But, yeah, I was about to launch a strong rebuttal. That <laughs> um, but anyway, so the try scorers were pretty spread out, but I think man of the match for this game, probably Henry Spate. He had a fantastic game. And if you've got him on oh, fantasy, the, well done, because he scored over 100 points. The well, that, that's a nice reaction. It's the opposite reaction yeah. of guys that don't make the squad and playing well. Yeah, because he didn't make yeah. the, the one squad, so he stepped up game that, which is you know, Shit, he's oh, yeah, quite he, flat. Most he didn't make the squad. That, that's egregious. I think he deserves it. He's been good. Our wings aren't that great either. Like, yeah, you know, that, that I would say, he, like, I'm a big fan of Maddox, but I would say he's better than Maddox. And what, what's he got? He's Fifty odd Aussie caps. I think, he? yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, he does. But like, see, for me, Maddox, you, you can't take Maddox and Dane Hellepetty because they're the same mold of player. They're the utility back 14-15 kind of guy. Um, and I don't think you can take both of them in the squad. It's a waste. But, yeah. Yeah, but if you take one, take... take Like, if there's a choice, you should always take the younger guy, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. But anyway, it's definitely been more yeah. I think. Let's not hop on about it. Uh, I'll give you Adam's thoughts. He says, Henry Spade is angry for being left out of the Australian squad. Full stop. So there you go. Just echoing our sentiments. And, yeah. Nice win for the Brumbies and a pretty heartening win for the Sunwolves without their main squad. And then let's uh, just before okay. We... Can I just can I just say um, it's going to be strange coming from you, but uh, well done Australia. Really good weekend for Australian rugby. Like it was, yeah. Uh, no, I, and exactly oh. credit credit where it's due and because they played they played rugby that I enjoyed watching. All of their teams. Yeah, well, not they, so the, so they won they won in New Zealand they they won Arsenal which you know yeah. like some teams haven't haven't now and um, their local derby was a cracker so yeah, yeah. good Australia and they coming in hot for Ireland and I hope they beat Ireland because mm. I think it'll 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 balance world rugby very nicely yeah, yeah. I agree and it'll set it, set it up nicely for next year but speaking of world rugby and speaking of setting things up for next year um, I was able to step until. 11 o'clock last night when we took on England, sorry, Wales uh, in the USA and I know Ben, you were fast asleep at that point and you stayed up and watched it as well, right? I, I was up, yeah Okay, um, I kind of wish I hadn't stayed up I, I, don't, <laughs> I, think I don't mean that, you, like yeah. I think for me it was an academic exercise like, you know, I wasn't sitting there at 11 o'clock with my Springbok jersey on chugging beers or anything like that, I just I really wanted to see how our debutants got on and obviously, I hoped for a win, but it was a very, very disappointing performance. It has to be said. Um, not just the fact that we lost, the way that we lost. And I think, yeah, I'm not going to give a man of the match for this. I will give a villain of the match, and it's 100% <laughs> Robert Dupre. Like, you don't come on in the last 10 minutes of a game that you're losing 
and just switch off like that. Okay, yes, he, he kicked us the penalty goal that put us in front. But for fuck's sake, like, how do you get charged down twice in the same, like, phases or whatever? So close to your own try line. Like, don't you just take a few extra steps back the second time? I don't fucking get it. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. No. The only thing that I was the guys jet lag to hell going from Jed to Joe to Washington. But, like, that shouldn't be an excuse. You know, yeah. like, it, it, it is very poor that that. That happens. This is a thing for Springbok fans on debut because Bosch had a shocker when he debuted last year. So. Yeah. But no, it, it, that was a very disappointing end to a very disappointing. Like, if we'd managed to sneak through that win, the, the win and get the one point win at the end, I would have been like, you know what, that's yeah. not great, but like, we got the win. But yeah. it, it definitely put a very sour note on what was not a great yeah. performance. And I don't think anyone can really come out of that game with their yeah. head held out. Well, I think SK hasn't played. Fine, it very hard. Um, yeah. But yeah, apart from that, I can't really think of anyone that had a had a yeah. particularly good game. Yeah, I was I was going to ask. Do you, do you do you feel anyone came out looking okay? Um, okay, yeah. So you, you said Esther has and he had some good runs down the midfield, which is kind of his thing. Um, I, I uh, thought I thought one of the brother that almost sat up for Mpimbi's try was quite well weighted. He yes. had some decent clearing kicks. Um, yeah. I thought uh, Kitchoff did well when he came on. Oh. I thought Kitchoff settled the scrums yes. quite nicely, and he had a good few, a few good runs. Um, I thought. Yeah, I agree there. I mean, yeah. our scrums by him with Thomas Detoy on it was good yeah. to see. Yeah, and I, I think it was Thomas Detoy who also actually did a, a, a good job of rucking over to give us the possession right at the end that we cocked up eventually. But we actually had a chance after the Hooter had gone to still win the game, and it came from a really strong counter ruck. And I think Thomas Dutoy might have been involved. I might be wrong. But that was good to see. You know, that's a bit of desire and going after the win. And, you know, it's not over till it's over kind of thing. I also thought yeah. uh, Jenkins had a, had a good game. I thought Ori, Ori was Jenkins really good, good in the... Yeah. Ori was good in the line-outs. He stole a couple of line-out balls, which is good. Yeah. But um, my shit list at the moment is, okay, headed by Robert Dupree. And secondly, Ivan van Zell. Uh, I know yeah, he was but... he was playing to a brief. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with kicking the ball away, but he was just terrible. Like his kicks were anemic. Like there was just no weight behind them. The the chase was just as bad, and yeah, we just never really built a platform for ourselves. And it felt like the first kind of twenty minutes of the first half were very, you know, uh, low level because it was a bit of rain, and we were exchanging scrums and testing each other out. And it seemed like the Springboks were getting into that mindset of like you know let's just kind of tit for tat to, you know feel each other out meanwhile Wales were ramping it up and they were like cool let's play some rugby now and it took the Springboks another 10 minutes to realise that the game was on and yeah. by then it was too late but yeah yeah we felt it, it felt very lethargic and just very inaccurate I mean I think I don't know if it was just the fact that the guys have only been spent two games together but, or two days together training but like yeah. you know passing from the ruck to the 10 and they just miss each other or like Alton would try and throw a short ball to someone and he'd just miss it yeah so uh, we're trying to offload and the guy just wasn't ready like it was there was a lot of very poor things from the, in that sense yeah um, like it was very frustrating to see um, yeah. I think you can add Ishmael to the your, your, your shit list Ishmael's like on the shit list yeah absolutely for, for all of his athletic abilities which sure he's big and fast and he's you know he's a strong runner but does not have a brain. Like mm. he just every time he gets the ball, it looks like he has no idea what he's meant to do with it. So he kind of just yeah. kind of wanders sometimes, and sometimes he wanders 
towards the try line and sometimes mm. he drops the ball over. Yeah. Like, yeah. he makes an intercept or run towards the tackler and stuff. It's just, you know. No, absolutely. No, it's, it's a, I don't know, it's a shame because he is obviously very athletic um, and very powerful, but I don't know, like, he's missing something. He doesn't have the kind of awareness or the know-how. Or, I don't know. But anyway, so he, yeah, Israel's, Israel's on the shit list. Um, Elton's on the shit list. I'm not going to get into it, um, but he played as bad as his haircut looks. And um, who else is on the shit list? Uh, Jesse Krill. Bosch do anything yeah, Bosch, by game? Bosch I was pretty I rubbish. Yeah. I think, I'm sorry, I think we should just put SA Rugby on the shit list for organizing this game. Yeah, no, I because agree. Like, like, and, and, but the thing is, the worst do, how are we ever going to take anything positive? Even if we'd won, what yeah. does it achieve? It just buggers half our squad for the England series. Yeah. But the worst it, part is that they, kind of, they didn't even organize it well. Like, organizing it is bad, so yeah. that's a binary thing. But the way they organized it, seemingly, in hindsight now, was fucking dog shit. There was no one at the game. Apparently, the game wasn't even, wasn't even shown on... Um, on American TV, right? So I don't know how you can justify that as growing the game when they don't have access to it. And it was just rubbish. Like, I don't see what the point of it was. I can't imagine they made much money out of it. If they weren't selling broadcasting rights, I don't know where they're going to make the money from. Okay, I, I was doing the maths on this. And apparently in, um, in America, yeah. there are five, 500,000 South African expats, okay? Yeah. Jesus, that's and the, okay, so but say say a quarter of those are into rugby, and if the game was near them, they would go watch it. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So say so, 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 so roughly a hundred thousand people. That's a high concentration of people. But yeah. Hundred twenty-five thousand. Yeah, yeah. I'm sort of I'm being I'm being generous here. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then we the size of the USA. They were never going to get enough people to fill that stadium because the whole population of Wales is only three million. Yeah. So and there's no there's no way the, the Welsh were going to come to town. Yeah. So they were basically they were basically relying on local Americans and from what I heard they think to sort of drum up port. So yeah, obviously it was going to be empty. Like. Yeah. But also, like, is, is Washington the right place to go to? Because. I don't. Yeah, but but like, hear me out because we've got. The, the Major League Rugby tournament going on, um, as you know. And there are a lot of teams. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's like six, well, how many teams? Uh, seven teams. Seven teams participating in that. Yeah, they should have gone to, they should have gone to Houston, probably. Go, yeah. to, go to Texas. They got, there two, there are two teams. Yeah, they, 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 there are two teams coming out of Texas. Austin Elite and the Houston Sabercats. And clearly there's a big enough following there that they've got enough people to play. In, and their games, I don't think, are very well attended. But you know, there's enough interest that they, they're getting good coverage. They've already done, like they've done half the work for you. They've got local uh, media there growing the game of rugby. Just piggyback on that. Take a game to Dallas or, or wherever, um, and that just makes perfect sense to me. Washington, like Washington, is sixty percent populated by people working in politics, and you're not going to get that many South African expats there or Welsh expats. So We're working in politics, yeah. Yeah, you know, like maybe the ambassador's gonna get his mates, but I don't know. It just feels like a very, um, like a poorly poor, a poor thought decision. Out, yeah, I think it's it's a poor decision. But anyway, yep. So yeah. a, an administrative failure, um, a rugby failure, and hopefully, at the very least, silver lining 
you know, a, a template for us to work on things going forward. We've learned a few lessons. The team we saw yesterday is not going to be the team that takes on England. I think we all know that much. So, you know, yeah, no... I mean, I think that was the biggest thing I took from it is that, yeah. like, originally all the noise was meant to be about oh, equal strength. It's, you know, that yes. it was meant to be 50-50. But, like, if you look at this team and you compare it against the team that will start against England, which, again, is fairly straightforward to, to guess, there's like two guys in this team that might be might break their way in. So like Peter Steff might break his way in. Yeah. Jesse Creel might break the team, but that's yeah. We'll, we'll go low. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. Yeah, so one's very much B team. So yeah. like, but I I would say this game suited Wales more because they're going to Argentina, so they could have just used this as basically a, like a layover. Yeah. Yeah, they did. But yeah, so, so, so it's, it's not it's not time it's not time to pull the parachute uh, cord just yet. Um, everything's fine. Just stay calm and carry on. And as someone said on the WhatsApp group a little bit earlier, I can't remember who it was, but it was a great chip. If nothing else comes out of this, at least we have twelve extra guys, twelve or thirteen guys locked down that can't play for another nation. So <laughs> we got those test caps out there just in case to cover ourselves. Yeah, but, but I. Oh. I don't know, like like now I say say like Quaka, who's realistically gonna be like he might follow the squad or whatever, but he's not gonna play in the England series. Like, like yeah. what, what do you, how do you think he feels about his test cap? It's like that what's his name? Stechman. That just where is he now? Who? He's in Japan. Oh, uh, Dion Stechman. Yeah. Uh, he played more than one game though. He played you know, play all series, but uh, I mean I, I agree, it's a silly Yeah. I, I wouldn't be uh, stoked. Giving like one token cap on a no non like yeah. on a nothing test and then well it's like, like I know I know there's been there's been talk about it but I don't, I don't obviously in hindsight now especially but I don't think this should have had test status yeah well I think the poster boy for I'll that the, the poster boy for that is is uh, what's his name Sean Sowerby um, oh yeah because he he only played I think one or two games for the the Springboks and then he he immigrated to France like right away. Oh. And he had a long career there in France. He was one of the yeah, better players. Yeah, he had 200 caps for yeah, exactly. event was, yeah. And, and they would have dearly loved to have been able to call on him. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, fuck's sake. I don't know. God. Anyway, sorry. Um, and, yeah, like that would have been, you know, a huge career boost for him if he could have gotten 50 French caps under his belt. And he's uh, he said in interviews that one of his biggest regrets for his career was... Um, was that taking cap, that one bullshit you know, cap taking yeah. that cap for the spring box if you'd known he would never have agreed to it but you know these things happen um, you know you get guys who will do that and then they break a leg in their first game in France and you know they lose out on everything but you know you can only do so much so yeah uh, warning signs yeah, for, the, for the spring box but um, just a bit of turbulence and hopefully uh, Rossi will be able to pilot us through it and we look ahead for the for the England series. Speaking of the England series, uh, we're going to wrap things up. We are going to be recording... Puns? Sorry, what's that, Ant? I said, did you plan all those airplane puns? That was impressive. Um, I didn't. They just they just flowed through me. Um, it was, I don't know, the ghost of Tom Hanks's character from that movie he plays in recently. Uh, <laughs> captain Phillips? Is that the one about the ocean, the ocean captain or the or the airplane captain? That was, that was the boat. The boat, isn't, okay. Isn't he on a boat, Captain Phillips? Sully's the airplane captain. Sully, yeah. Okay, uh, I, I was channeling Sully. I haven't watched it because I refuse to watch any movie that's won an Oscar. Really? That doesn't sound like a good yeah. rule. No, it's a great rule. 
Mm-hmm. You've definitely seen no? Oscar movies. No, there's one an Oscar for like best actor or best picture or whatever. Oh no, no, it's a recent thing. But it's not. I watch something if something's won an Oscar for like special effects or whatever. I'll yeah. watch that. Okay. But what if about, something's won an Oscar for like best picture, best actor, or whatever. What about like The Dark Knight? Because I, I watched that again today. Oh yeah, but that that was like a you definitely wouldn't have won the Oscar if you didn't die. I don't know about that. I don't. Okay, I'm not going to get into this on air, but uh, I thought it was a good performance. But <laughs> in any case, I was you guys disrupted my. No, no, like, no, no, like like. I think he was brilliant, but I think they like to give Oscars to indie movies, you know, about people fucking fish and stuff. They don't like to give Oscars to movies that make millions of dollars. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, there was another phenomenal um, movie that year that could have... I'm trying to think. Um... Number 10. Invictus. <laughs> no. Um... Let me just make sure I get it right, because I don't want to get confused. And now you put me in the corner on air where I have to... Um, yes, I was right. There was another amazing performance that year that didn't get the award that probably should have. Do you, do you guys want to guess who it was? I wouldn't have a clue. Okay, I'll give you I'll give you a hint. The actor was Robert Downey Jr. Do you know what the movie was for? Or what role Iron it was? Man? It wasn't Iron Man. This is Best Supporting Actor. Robert Downey Jr. was nominated. 2009. Tropic Thunder. It was Tropic Thunder. It was Tropic Thunder. And how good would it have been if Robert Downey Jr. got an Oscar for that performance? (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, you people? (laughs) Anyway. Um, on that note, let's sign off. Um, we are going to be doing a special episode coming up and previewing the England series. We've got a little bit of inside info from our British correspondent, uh, Matt Marichki, but we'll go through that um, tomorrow. That should be in your ears in the next 24 hours or so, but I don't want to make any promises because Adam's in charge of that. But if you're listening, um, thank you very much for spending a bit of time with us. We are out there, as you surely know um, by now, on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Acast. And, yeah, please leave a like, uh, follow, or a comment, or, I don't know, what do people do on social media, these things? I don't know, leave us, like, a a, 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 a zigzag or something to let us know that you care. Or, um, or tweet us. Yeah, or, or tweet us. Yeah, tell your friends. Shut, you know, yeah, go, like, go wild. So, someone get, get into it with us. That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah, do that. Yeah, that'll be great. Call out bullshit. Be like, you guys are idiots. Yeah. And then, like, we could argue. It'll be great. Yeah, just bring it on. It's not like I work hard anyway, so I've got time for that. But, yeah, that's it. Um, ben, thank you very much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me on, Alex. Pleasure. Um, and, Ant, thank you again for coming to our rescue in our time of need. Yeah, always a pleasure. Good to be here. Good. And, yeah, enjoy what is left of the weekend, guys. Over and out.